Welcome to the podcast. Today we talk about uh, the Olympics and some of the fun stuff going on with that wonderful patriotism being viewed by all of America as we watch the Olympic Games. We also talk about the troubles of Da Baby. I know you're a huge Da Baby fan, as Glenn and I are as well. We have an update on Glenn's art show, which I tried to keep as short as possible because it apparently went well. We have uh, Ronald, Ronald Prestrito on as well to talk about um, the similarities between the Woodrow Wilson administration and the Joe Biden administration. And Senator Mike Lee joins us to tell us why we're spending $1.2 trillion with the sign-on of Republicans. We get into all that today on the program. Don't forget to subscribe at blazetv.com slash Glenn. Promo code is Glenn. And take a minute to click subscribe on this podcast as well as Stu Does America. We'd love when you subscribe over there as well. Rate and review the podcast. Five stars is the appropriate number of stars. Quick review, you know, it's great. Whatever, that'll work. Here's the podcast. The best of the Glenn Beck program. Mr. Pat Gray joins us from Pat Gray Unleashed. Yeah, so how'd the weekend in Park City go with the art show? With the art show, yeah. It, uh, it was pretty good. Yeah, it, I mean, it, honestly, just 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 for the audience, we really mm-hmm. do need to get to the news of the day today. It's, it's There's a lot going on, Pat. He I, is. I mean, I was listening I to your show today. What a great yeah. show, Pat Gray Unleashed. It's available yeah, on Blaze TV. Right. What uh, in particular did you like? Where do people download that? <laughs> pretty much anywhere. Any, you yeah. Anywhere. Wow. It's really interesting. But what I was uh, wondering was how many paintings. Friday, he said, people would come in and spit on the painting <laughs> Literally, i really don't yeah. think i said that yeah, so that turned out to be you did. Yeah. that was I, inaccurate inaccurate nobody slightly spit on yeah. any painting you no know, and wow. he said like no one would show up i may have and... said people should spit on the painting right. i don't know yeah, that i yeah. said that they would <laughs> um, and it was all he could talk about last yeah, week that's all yeah. he could talk about now strangely well, he doesn't uh, want to hear i'm sorry really if the news is more important <laughs> than your little art show <laughs> from the weekend glenn i'm sorry you know our country right now uh-huh. is on on the edge yeah and you want to talk about your paintings right well, yeah, so I don't know. Sound it's just, I mean, is it a big deal it to just, talk uh, about yeah, it for just a couple Real oh, no, quick, no, he's like wasting no, much no, more time. Much more Inflation, terrorism, pandemic. Let's spend some time on yeah. you drawing. Okay. So, your, your heightened level of a, I don't glorified know the, coloring book. Yeah. All of, all, you know, all of my proceeds uh, going to uh, Mercury One. Wait, for uh, what? I don't. What for? What like? What are they? What are, is there any? Is there any important issue that maybe we should talk about? Like, like yeah, the I don't loss know, sla- of the sla- well, global sex slavery. Yeah. Uh, maybe the lost. murdering of uh, Christians around the globe. But maybe we could spend some time on that All instead right. of your stupid paintings. Anyway, anyway, I don't have the final number, but it's about two hundred two hundred fifty thousand dollars raised this weekend. Really? Just just Saturday. That's uh, fantastic. For that. Yeah, it was it was a, a wild success. I think we have what a generous audience to to. Right to 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 put that sort of money into this cause at the expense of also taking home your painting. <laughs> I mean, what an incredible honor! Uh, it was very, it was, and it was wonderful. It was, it was packed all day Saturday. Uh, yeah, Saturday, yeah. and was taking you know people about thirty to fifty at a time through the the gallery, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, you know talking, telling the stories behind each of the paintings, and it was just great. So many people came from, drove a long way, you know, didn't and didn't even buy anything, which I was totally fine with. 
um, and it, it was it was great. And we should. I've people had a lot of questions so good. from the people who have uh, purchased your paintings, and and the answer is yes. You just have to put it up when Glenn comes over. You don't have to have it up all the time, <laughs> right? Just put it up if Glenn's coming over your house. Put up the painting. <sighs> Be, be kind. <laughs> all right. So, Pat, did you uh, uh, did you watch the Olympics at all? I have watched about two minutes of coverage. Maybe. Really? Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. I, I haven't have watched, a watched a darn lot. second of it. I do know that the women's soccer team oh, lost. Oh, no. Uh, to Canada. Gosh, oh, gosh. Yeah. God, I was it. torn Dang apart it. by that. <laughs> torn apart. They seem like such a lovely group. Uh, don't they? Don't they, though? They do. So patriotic mm-hmm. and, and wonderful and loving and uh, dedicated wonderful. to their sport. They do. Wonderful. You know, I hope wonderful. they got equal pay for that loss. I actually, I, I would have <laughs> liked them to have won. I, mean, I would not have. They're from not. the U.S. I, they're, oh, I really, I'm past that. Are you? Really? Yeah, I'm past yeah, that. Yeah. I've always I been past, past it with that. soccer because soccer, I want them to lose because the more U.S. soccer teams win, the more I have to watch highlights mm-hmm. on ESPN <laughs> or wherever I'm watching sports. Okay. They treat right. it like it's a real sport. Well, <laughs> then you sure should do. be against Ted Lasso. Ted Lasso's doing that, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. He's, he's normalizing, normalizing soccer. soccer. Yeah, you're right. He's normalizing you're right. Soccer. I need that's to have wrong. a yeah. I need wrong. a new stance in my life. Anti Ted Lasso seems yeah. like the right thing. Yeah, it does. It don't does. normalize soccer. Don't don't do it. Um, did you see the uh, what was her name that? Uh, uh, oh, you mean the beautiful trans uh, woman, the Victoria's Secret woman? Yeah, she's so mm-hmm. beautiful. She's, she's lovely. What? She's lovely. She's a Victoria. Uh, mm-hmm. Wait a minute. Hold it. Yeah. <laughs> Or are we talking about the same woman? We're well, t- if she's not, the she shot putter, the yeah. shot putter. Oh, the shot putter. Yeah, no, that's not the trans person. Oh, okay. The weightlifter is the trans person. Okay. What right. is, what Did she win anything? No, what a, she crashed okay. out. Oh darn it! A stunning development, though, that a trans weightlifter would excel uh, enough yeah. to get to the Olympics. It seems like right. such a what a, of all the sports. It and seems like a was strict. expected to medal, uh, <laughs> and so. So happy. Uh, who would go figure that so the happy. person who used to be a man mm-hmm. uh, might have a, a leg up in that competition? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and again, uh, no reason to change my stance of I'm glad to see the U.S. lose. Um, <laughs> because when they win, that's when you see uh, people like uh, Raven Saunders. Mm. Uh, she was sporting a neon green and purple buzz cut. And she made an X sign with her wrists. Uh, with her wrists up at the podium. She just crossed her arms and made her. And she said uh, later, because everybody said, what the hell does that even mean? And she said, I'm glad you asked. It's the intersection of where all people who are oppressed meet. Mm. That is R- right at her wrists. Right. Right. At yes. weird. They That's stand really on weird. her wrist. <laughs> that seems like too many people for yeah, one yeah. set of wrists. And then and then huh. after she decided to twerk. Uh, oh, and yeah. it yeah. was sexy. Nice. It was nice. I can imagine. I wanted to meet on her wrists after that. <laughs> I did. I was like, I think I was oppressed by that. Uh, I don't know how to Jeez. go on. Um, she said, um, t- I just wanted to be me, not to apologize, to show younger people that no matter how many boxes they try to fit you in, you can be all you can and oh, you can accept wow. it. That's people beautiful. tried to tell me not to do tattoos and piercings and all that, oh, but yeah. look at me you now. Look at her now. I'm popping. I'm popping. Mm. Uh-huh. Uh, she said she, uh, you know, she's been, she's had a lot of things weighing on her for 22 years mm-hmm. and she was finally able to process it. And uh, she was finally able to separate Raven from the Hulk, which was really, um, 
Okay. Wow. Good. That's so Raven. Good. That is so Raven. Yeah, That's exactly <laughs> the type of behavior you'd expect from right? Raven. Yeah. Uh-huh. She's a delight. She's a delight. <laughs> you know, I have to tell you, Simone Biles, and you know, I, I'm not going to tear her apart because she's gone through a lot, et cetera, et cetera. But you know, as I was, I was doing these uh, these tours about the painting. One of the paintings that I did was uh, Jesse Owens, and I painted him mm-hmm. so y- your his eyes would follow you in the room. And I have him at the the uh, starting line at the 1936 Berlin Olympics. And don't talk to me about you know. Oh, I've got so many things. I'm oppressed. He was oppressed. He was oppressed. He was oh, yeah. living in America at a time where he had to use a separate water fountain if he wanted to drink. So half of the population in the United States loved him. The other half didn't love him. When when Hitler uh, invited him uh, and the U.S. to come over for the Berlin Olympics, half of the black community said, you can't do it. You can't you can't go mm-hmm. because you can't support the Hitler government and you can't support the United States government. The other half said you have to go. You have to go because you have to show that a black man is humid o- human over in Germany because he says you're subhuman. So you have to go. FDR didn't want to meet with Jesse Owens, didn't want to support Jesse Owens. Hitler, he's in the stadium with Hitler staring at him. You want to talk about pressure? Shut up. Talk to Jesse Owens. And what did he do? He won the gold. And then he stood there proudly as the national anthem played. And he came back. That's why he's a hero. He twerked afterward, though. He did twerk. Of course twerk. he twerked. He had There was twerking Wouldn't have been going. any good if he yeah, didn't twerk. Yeah, of course. There was ceremony. good. Let me tell you, let me tell you the, same, the same story with Jesse Owens. Do you know why he won the gold? Because he was faster. Fastest time, yeah. Mm-hmm. Crossed the finish line yeah, before, the, before other the others. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah so... That's what happens when you, you, when two, you turn your mics off and turn your headphones on. You're not allowed to listen anymore. Let me just share this with you. OK, um, here's the reason why I won in the long jump uh, is because the guy who he was competing against noticed that Jesse Owens was jumping too soon. And he kind of sneaks over to Jesse's side and he's standing there and he says, uh, hey, uh, listen, um, you're jumping too soon. And Jesse said, what are, you, what are you talking about? He's like, don't look at me. Hitler's looking at me. Don't look at me. Uh, you're jumping too soon. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to saunter over to the, to the pit, and I'm just going to drop my towel where you should jump. And so he does. And this is a German competitor, I believe. For the, Wasn't it? Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah he and he puts German. his towel down right where Jesse Owens should jump. Jesse Owens jumps and wins the gold. Mm. It didn't take long for that guy to be sent to the Russian front. Mm. That guy was sent Mm. to the Russian front because he lost to Jesse Owens and he helped Jesse Owens. Jesse Owens and and he became friends. He was sent to the Russian front. And the last thing he said to Jesse Owens was, please, one thing I ask, please tell my children when this madness is all over. I was not one of them. So don't tell me about your oppression, uh, Hulk Raven. Don't tell me Mm. about your oppression. 
Well, there it's was that tent two thing they had to deal with. Well, yeah, and that she was, was told not to not to pierce, you know. And I'm sure that there's a lot of people who are oppressed that were really mm-hmm. sad to hear that that kind of oppression was going on on her. People don't look at this anymore, but the mm-hmm. Nazis were very anti-piercing. <laughs> very. That was one of the things that people don't yeah, even really, discuss. They don't even discuss. About it. Was that horrid? He it was that power. horrid. Yeah, he yeah. rose to power based on the non-piercing <laughs> well, theory. That's right. Yeah, he did. <laughs> Gosh. <laughs> Oh, we're such crybabies. Thank you, Pat. Pat Gray Unleashed, wherever you get your podcast. The best of the Glenn Beck Program. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Nicole Solas is a stay-at-home mom in South Kingstown, Rhode Island. She enrolled her five-year-old daughter in kindergarten in the South Kingstown School District and then said, you know, I want some information because she had heard that the teachers were starting to teach critical race theory. And so she said, uh, I, I need some I need some information from the school. Now, she is she it's perfectly legal for her to request. In fact, they have it on their own website. If you want information, blah, blah, blah. You do it. Well, she requested the information. Uh, then she figured I should probably pull my daughter out of school after they uh, they threatened to sue her because of her public record request about critical race theory and gender theory, which the district told her to submit. She's now being represented by the Goldwater Institute, uh, and she is on the phone with us now. Hi, Nicole. How are you? Hi, Glenn. I'm good. Thanks so much for having me. So not only did they threaten to sue you, they told you you had to pay $74,000 to find out if the yeah. school district is is teaching CRT. Right. And this isn't the first time that they have given me these very high estimates to get public information, which, frankly, we already pay for with our taxes. Mm-hmm. First, they had given me a $9,000 fee to get information when I first started submitting my public records request. Other information was $2,000, $3,000. The Goldwater Institute resubmitted a public records request on my behalf with much more specific um, terms that were more likely to turn up information. And that was now $74,000, which is insane because this is public information and it it shouldn't be a government secret. It's information that really the, the public has a right to access and a public records request is just the way to get that information. In my town... 80% of the budget goes to the school and it costs $27,000 per student to educate. Um, And now I have to pay $74,000 to know how they're being educated. It just seems like this is not the way it's supposed to work. So you asked um, for lesson plans and course materials used or assigned at any school within South Kingston School Department in the 2021 school year that include any of the following terms, 1619 Project, Zinn Education Project, or Howard Zinn, Equitable Math, Gender Theory, White Privilege or Whiteness, Systematic Racism, CRT or Critical Race Theory, Ibram Kendi or Kendi, Robin D'Angelo or just D'Angelo. Um, they said that... Uh, uh, that uh, they could do that, but it would take them eight hours to retrieve. Uh, yeah, I think it was a lot more hours. I think it was um, like like 693 hours or something like that. And that's, uh, you know, they, they have under the statute, they can charge $15 an hour to compile and, and retrieve all this information, but it still has to be a reasonable fee. 
And when you're asking for lesson materials and instructional materials, that shouldn't have to be requested under the APRA, the Access to Public Records Act. These are not just public documents. These are lesson materials. They, at any point, can just email this to me of their own volition. They can just respond to my questions that I asked in an email um, without having to charge me money, because this is really just a conversation about what our kids are learning. So they're the ones that, that constrain me to this public record request process. And I believe they're doing that to evade my questions and not answer them. Now, what did you hear that the, the teachers were incorporating all this stuff in? Well, the principal from the elementary school where my daughter would go, I've since pulled her out and placed her in private school, said that they integrate values of gender identity in every grade. And she said that they have a certain line of thinking about history that they teach children in every grade. And she told me this after I said, do you teach anything with anti-racism? And as we all know, anti-racism really just means racism or critical mm-hmm. race theory. It's all, it's all the same thing. Right. So the principal told me that they do, in fact, teach these values. And when I asked, well, how exactly do you do it in every grade? They, they said that they have these common practices that they use. And when I asked, well, you know, when, when did this common practice start? It was all non-answers, either I don't know or let me get back to you. And then finally, it was submit a public records request. So I know they're absolutely doing it. And I have tons of evidence that I've uncovered through these public records requests and with my own research showing that the, the school district believes that all white people are racist. I just found a document saying that and that part of their goal is to um, have implicit bias, bias trainings with students and teachers. And they're 100 percent committed to this, but they're not telling me exactly how. And so I want them to be completely transparent so that people can decide if they want to enroll their kids in this district or opt out of certain lesson plans and we can finally engage in a robust public debate about the values of, you know, critical race theory or anti-racism or whatever you want to call it. I tell you, you can file for a Freedom of Information Act and you don't have to pay for it. I mean, it's it's again on our time, on our dime. Uh, and you ask for all records of communications, including email communication to or from any South Kingston School Department official, uh, principal, teacher, teaching assistant, counselor, or any other person from January 1, 2020 to the date of this request, which includes any of the following terms, 1619 Project, Zinn Education, uh, Howard Zinn, Equitable Math, Gender Theory, blah, 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 all of these things. That, that, is, that is public record. I know that um, here in Texas, when we finally did get the Freedom of Information Act from a school district called Southlake, it showed that they were uh, mocking the parents and saying, we're just going to do it anyway. And let's one of them said, let's keep this information away from the parents. Uh, and two of the people went to jail over it and nobody had to pay for that information because it came from a government source. Yeah, so the Freedom of Information Act is is different from the Access to Public Records Act, which is a Rhode Island statute. And that Rhode Island statute carves out this $15 an hour um, fee that a public entity can can charge you for. They can also charge you 15 cents um, per hard copy. But um, you're right that this information should not have to cost taxpayers money. They're already paying for the information just, you know, by having the public entity do their job. So, um I think that that's going to be a point of contention, that it's not reasonable to have the $74,000 fee 
And um, it's certainly not equitable for all of this talk that schools have about equity and everyone having equal access. I don't know how you, you justify that kind of fee just to know what your kid is learning, because it sounds like they're saying that only the extremely wealthy are privy to information about what their kids are learning. So what did the Goldwater uh, people say and what, what are you doing about this now? Um, right now, we're determining what our next step is. Um, we're still talking about that and uh, I'm sure we'll make a decision soon on whether we want to uh, go to court or if we want to take some other legal action. Um, how is the community responding to you and the, the people in the school? Are they um, with you or against you or is it split? Um, I only have overwhelming support. I have parents and even teachers emailing me and uh, thanking me for putting myself out there. Um, I also get lots of tips from parents about what is being taught in, in school here. And it's sometimes hard to get verification. So if they say, oh, my, my kid had to do something with Black Lives Matter in class, and I'm, I'm telling you, I'm hoping you can do something with it. But they're scared to actually tell me the name of the class, the name of the teacher, the actual assignment, because they don't want to be Jeez. retaliated against in the way that I was retaliated against. But, you know, you can't just go out there and say something is happening and have, you know, no proof. So um, people are still scared, but they are extremely supportive. Well, stay, stay brave. Um, this will only get harder if people like you don't stand up now. It's only going to get harder, and you most likely won't win in the future if we don't stand up now. I wish you all the best of luck. Is there anything that uh, our audience can do to help you? Um, I just want to reiterate what you said, that more parents need to start standing up to, to their school boards and just to remember that school boards are made up of ordinary people. They live next door to us. They're our family members and our friends. They, these people are not working behind the Iron Curtain of the Kremlin yet. So we need to stand up to them now and let them know that we're not going to tolerate this indoctrination of kids in our school. Were you ever, I mean, are you an activist? Would you ever see yourself no. doing stuff like this? No, I, I've never been politically involved. This only happened because I enrolled my daughter in school and then they publicly threatened to sue me. So I, I had to respond publicly because they were trying to destroy my reputation publicly. They are getting so bold. So bold. Yeah. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. God bless. Thank you so much. You bet. This is the best of the Glenn Beck program. I'll tell you who wasn't at my art show this weekend was Mike Lee. Oh, jeez. I mean, he's he's got this uh, infrastructure government spending bill. He couldn't he couldn't put a little padding in there for the art. Yeah, put a padding yeah. in for a private jet flight to your art show and then yeah. back. And That's then, all. Yeah, and maybe nice a couple of paintings along with him. But oh no, I I'm too serious. I I've got work to do. <laughs> People don't want us spending money. <laughs> Mike, Glenn, you're you're leaving out the real reason I didn't come, Glenn, which is that I'm still offended that you didn't include any of my art. I mean, I know stick figures get a bad rap in American art culture these days, but it's pretty good. Yeah, come from me. Yeah, no, that's good stuff, Mike. Uh, Mike Lee, uh, the senator from Utah, you were up late last night uh, working on this bipartisan government spending bill. Uh, How many of you guys voted against this thing? There were about uh, 40 of us who voted against it, maybe 35 who voted against it at the earlier stages. Here's the weird thing, though, Glenn. We voted on this a couple times last week. The bill didn't yet exist at the time. Mm -hmm. 
Mm. <laughs> uh, the mm. bill didn't exist until last night, late last night. Uh, I finally received it as I was sitting on the Senate floor with a bunch of my colleagues who were getting ready to give speeches in favor of it. And um, all of a sudden, I, I got it electronically. It's 2,702 pages long. Yeah, well, that's, that's so an easy read. It's kind of strange that they voted to proceed to it without knowing what it was first. But well, let me ask you this. Uh, isn't this kind of just like, weren't we're really last week just saying, hey, how much do you want to spend? We'll fill it in later. How much do you want to spend? Isn't isn't that what it was? Yeah, that's yeah, that's kind of what they were doing. Uh, yeah, deciding overall threshold amounts and and deciding uh, uh, you know in general terms what the agreement would consist of. But normally that's not how we vote on actual pieces of legislation. But in any event, we've got it now. It's twenty seven hundred and two pages long. How much is spent? Um, how, how much is spending on this one? It spends one point two trillion dollars. I love that. And of that one point two trillion dollars. 550 of it is new federal spending it's, mm. uh, above and beyond what we were expected to spend this year, which strikes me as curious, given that it's a terrible time to be spending more money at a time when due to deliberate, reckless overspending by the federal government, poor middle class Americans are finding that everything they purchase is more expensive <sighs> from 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 chicken breast to gasoline to cars to housing everything is more expensive because we're spending too much money in washington oh my gosh Stu, how can we listen to this old-timey guy blah 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 inflation (laughs) don't you know that inflation is not a problem Mm. it's not going to be a problem you because they're digitizing they're not they're not actually printing they're digitizing mike and that is totally different it's transitory and that 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 of course makes those dollars spend very differently and, and inflation-proof, doesn't it? Makes yeah, it, it sure does. You know, you met, you brought up when you were on the floor of the Senate, I, I watched uh, some of the highlights, and uh, you made a great point about inflation. You were like, even, even just the act of spending all of this money, when you're talking about infrastructure, will drive the cost of the things that are already expensive up because now the private sector has to compete with the government. That's exactly right. So everything that goes into these projects, from cement to the aggregate materials you use to make concrete, to steel, to labor, and everything else, all those things are more expensive right now. And so, uh, look, I'm, I'm not a, a, a fan of stimulus-style spending, but even to those who might be, they might be able to make a slightly less bad case for this in a time when demand for these products is low and uh, industries are shutting down. I still wouldn't like to see government doing that, but whatever. You can make a case for it in that circumstance, not one that I agree with, but but you can't make a good case for doing it right now where everything is inflated, where every federal dollar we put into this is going to go less far because it's a federal dollar and it comes with lots of strings attached, and it will go even less far because of the fact that all of these things are in short supply and can be procured only at a premium. We will get less from this as a result of the fact that it's federal and as a result of the fact that we're doing it right now. So why are they saying this is a good deal? Why, 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 do, why, do, well, why are the Republicans even thinking we have to do any of this stuff? Well, look, I, I, I'm always reluctant to speak for those who are not present. I, I'm not a good spokesman for them because I disagree fundamentally with what they're doing. I suspect if one of them were on the phone with us, they'd say, OK, well, uh, first of all, we need infrastructure. 
Secondly, if we do this, then what the Democrats do on their bill, the bill that they intend to pass with a simple majority, uh, either later this week or, or later this month, uh, they will spend less than they would otherwise spend if we didn't do this. Now, if we were in court and someone testified to that effect, I'd stand up and say, objection assumes facts not in evidence. I don't know how they can possibly know that they will spend less if we pass this bill. And in any event, that doesn't mean we don't we don't have to put our names on something that we think is bad and harmful to the American people if we don't agree with it. Look, Glenn, there there are sort of three different groups of people in America, one of which will benefit from this bill, one of which might not notice much of a difference, and the others will be hurt by it. The first group, consisting of those who might benefit from it, tend to be wealthy, well-connected individuals and business interests in this country who might actually get rich off of it. The next group consists of well-off Americans who have enough money that they won't notice a big hit to their cost of their, their lifestyle. Uh, uh, but almost everyone else, the vast, overwhelming majority of Americans, fits into the third category of people who have limited paychecks. They're, in many cases, living paycheck to paycheck. Every dollar will buy less as a result of spending like this one. Those people will be hurt. So in some ways, we're exchanging one thing for another. In some ways, we're taking money away from poor middle-class Americans and giving it to the wealthy and well-connected. I can't justify that. This is the opposite of Robin Hood. This. this is the opposite, the of, opposite Robin of Robin Hood. The opposite of Robin Hood. Exactly. Senator Lee, there's some argument that the it, passing something bipartisan gives Senator Manchin, Senator Cinema, some some talking point to go back to Democrats and say, we shouldn't drop the filibuster. Do you think there's anything to that at all? Yeah, look, I don't want them to drop the filibuster. They shouldn't drop the filibuster. We have no guarantee that if we didn't do this, they would drop the filibuster or that by doing this, they won't. No guarantee whatsoever. What we have to vote on is the legislation before us. Now, the legislation before us, 2,702 pages long, which we received late last night, has been hammered out over a, a period of four months by 10 very smart, very hardworking senators, senators to, with whom I happen to disagree on this issue, but, but they worked hard on it. They've had four months to come up with 2,702 pages. It is beyond folly to suggest that the entire Senate should now get up to speed on that and be expected to process it, amend it, vote on it, and pass it within a period of a few days. We need, arguably, at least as much time as they did. At a minimum, we need at least a few weeks to work on this. We have no business spending this amount of money and passing this size of a bill that we saw for the first time last night within a few days. Remember, it was Barack Obama who said he was going to have the uh, the transparency that had never happened before, and he would post every bill for at least a couple of weeks before it was ever voted on. They never did that. Nobody ever has an intention of doing this. And all of these things are 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 banged out. And and really, a lot in the House is just put together by the the heads of the party. And then everybody else is just told, vote for it. Yes, no, that's exactly right. And, and it reflects one of the sad biases that you see in this place. You know, senators get praise when they pass big spending bills. 
They get criticized when they vote against them. They assume that passing legislation is a good thing in the abstract. I'm reminded of something that Calvin Coolidge once said. He said, as a lawmaker, it's important to both pass good bills and stop bad ones. They're both important. But as between the two, it's the second that's more important. It's more important to stop the bad bills because a good bill that doesn't pass today can always be passed later. A bad bill, once it passes, is nearly impossible to unwind. You can't ever get rid of it. And that's why we've got to focus on this. Look, a handful of senators will get praised if this thing passes. But that praise and that adulation, that political notoriety for a few days, will have long-term consequences for Americans, America's poor and middle class. And that concerns me greatly. Can you tell us what infrastructure even means now, Mike? Well, look, it means a lot of things. In this bill, they're, they're talking about all sorts of things from, uh, uh, from highways to bridges roads okay hang on just a second Uh, we have every time there's a big bill it's an infrastructure bill when and how much was it going to take to actually fix the roads and the bridges the federal roads and bridges because i'm tired of hearing about infrastructure fixing the roads and bridges because nobody ever shows us any progress on that and says okay we're a lot closer just an endless infrastructure bill fix the roads and bridges Right. And, and look, you, you can always identify things that have been fixed. And that's why things like this can be very tempting, because people can point to good things that will right. happen to good people and good communities that are well deserving of improvements. The question I raise is, does it have to be this much? Does it have to be right now? And does it have to be through this government? I'm still going through this bill because it takes a while to do it. It doesn't read like a fast-paced novel. Mm. But, 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 Glenn, I, I, I will be shocked if there isn't a whole lot of infrastructure in here that isn't federal in nature, that is not or should not be federal. Now, if it's, if it's part of an interstate highway, then, right. yeah, perhaps it should be federal. Or some other project that with an uh, appropriate federal nexus that's close, maybe so. I, I'm willing to bet that a large portion of this is going to go to surface streets that start and stop in the same state uh, and things that are otherwise not necessarily appropriate for the federal government. And that's not just an esoteric problem. It creates real financial problems. Correct. The minute you add a dollar of federal spending to an infrastructure project, in many states like mine, it can add 30%, sometimes more to the cost of the project because you have to comply with this Byzantine labyrinth of federal regulations and mandates. And so you're buying less with more money when you make it federal. We shouldn't do that. Uh, There is also a $3.5 trillion human infrastructure bill coming our way. Yes. Yes. That is a bill that the Senate Democrats are working on that they believe that they can pass with a mere 51 votes and i'm calling it the inflation bomb because that would truly be it they've learned over time that bills can be more palatable if you call them something mm-hmm. most americans understand and resonate with patriot it, act it, 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 yeah yeah if you call it about the troops or about national security generally mm-hmm. or if you talk about infrastructure Children. perhaps they'll accept it more easily but this is this uh, inflation bomb that they want to pass with a simple majority is a whole lot of stuff 
that has nothing to do with infrastructure. It's just big government spending. And to put that in perspective, three and a half trillion dollars, many of us expect it'll be more like four or five trillion dollars, by the way. That's um, roughly on par with what we spend in a particular year out of the entire federal government in a non-COVID year. So if they expect that we can roughly double that amount and have no consequences, they're crazy. They're just not looking at the facts. Oh, look, 37% of all U.S. dollars that have ever come into existence have been printed in the last 18 months. Mm -hmm. You don't do that without making a whole lot of poor middle-class Americans poorer. Hey, one last thing I'd like to ask you, because I know that they're working on airports uh, here, but uh, the Green New Deal would like to get rid of all airplanes, uh, you know, by 2030. Why would we be building new airports if we have to dramatically cut uh, our air travel, I'd just like you to ask somebody there and see if you can find an answer. Mike Lee, thank you so much for being on us uh, on with us. And thank you for standing uh, and fighting the good fight. I, I certainly appreciate it. It's Senator Mike Lee from Utah on the latest infrastructure bill that they put together in the Senate. Na, na, na.